From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. It's me, welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour, and we are pleased and honored to uh, welcome in Jennifer Campbell, the director of Camp Pendola, uh, among other things here in the Diocese of Sacramento. Joins us from camp. Jennifer, how are things? Good. Things are good this week. We have a good connection. Yes, we do. It's always it's always good when our phones are working and everything's up yeah. and going. <laughs> yes. Well, it's been, uh, at least down here in the Sacramento Valley, where they grow all the tomatoes, uh, mm-hmm. it's been a relatively cool summer, but uh, apparently we're on our way up. Has it been uh, chilly up there in the, in the hills? Oh, my goodness, yes. It rained for the entirety of staff training except for two days. Wow. And then it was really, it's been chilly the first, the first couple of weeks were, were chilly. It's, we are um, going for a, um, a little heat wave coming right. up, but right. yeah, so far we're, so far so good. Is, is, is chilly pre- preferable? Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's rough either way. Um, <laughs> if it's too hot or too cold, you know, like you don't, you don't want it either. Um, so, um, chili is, but chili is a little bit easier to deal with because yeah. I can put on a sweatshirt. Yes, that's true. That's, I've always, I've always had that discussion with my kids. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? And you go, well, when you're too cold, you just put on, put on a coat or put on a sweatshirt or yeah. Exactly. If but it's if too it's hot, too there's hot. not much you can do about it. No, not a lot. I mean, we do have a pond, which is ni- nice and cool, so um, kids have really been utilizing that. So is that pond, is it fed with snow melt? It is. It is. It sure is. Yep, it's fed with snow melt, and um, it is a natural spring, and then we just um, we dam it up so that for the summer, and then we let the water go in the fall. Wow. Well, do you need an ice pick to get in it in the morning? I mean, some days. <laughs> Some days it feels like it, um, but, um, but do the yeah. kids turn blue when they get out? They don't. They don't generally turn blue. Their lips quivering. <laughs> no, I mean some of them. They get really chilly, but not all. Not all of them. Yeah, yeah. And you have a, you have a a, a full time seminarian there this summer. We have we have a seminarian there here this summer. Yep. Um, Mr. Matthew, mm-hmm. um, uh, I've gone from my head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Matthew is here. He was on his propedeutic year this last this last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. That new that new propedeutic year thing. Yeah, the the brand new year. Uh, uh, it's it's hard to pronounce. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so it's his, he's the first, and so he's he's been up here all summer, um, helping us out. Um, being a cabin leader and and also assisting the priest chaplains that we've been able to get to come up, assisting them with mass. So it's been nice. Yeah, you you've had a, a so you have a uh, is it rotating priests that come up there? We or? do. Yeah, Father Dean Marshall um, helped recruit them all, um, and yeah, we have a rotating group of priests that have come up. So um, for the first week, we had Father Dean Marshall. Um, the second week, um, he could only make it to say Mass on Sunday, but um, newly ordained, Father Eric Patrick. Oh, wow. Um, 
And then for Youth on a Mission, which was up here this year, um, Father Stephen Wood was here for part of the time, and Bishop Soto came up for the final Mass. And, um, and then this week we've got Father Eric Pereira. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, next week, which is going to be our last week, um, we're going to have Father Ryan Mahar. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's wonderful. It is, the, and the you know the priests that, that come and spend the week with us, um, they just speak so highly of that time that they get to have. Where, I mean, it's conversations that they wouldn't necessarily have with with kids, you know, and and in a camp setting where it's a little more relaxed and kids feel comfortable asking, you know, those silly questions <laughs> <laughs> um, that they ask. I, I remember a few years ago, one of them asked, "Why do you always have to wear black?" Mm. Um, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then, um, and, you know, every week is a little different with the priest chaplains just because their personalities come out when they're up here and it's different for each priest, right? That's great. Yeah. Well, it's, I think Matthew's last name starts with a G. It does. I think it's Grim. I think that's right. (laughs) I think we'll go with that. It came to me just now. I'm like, I hope that's right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's been here. He's a seminarian. He goes to uh, Mount, or he's at he's not at Mount Angel. He is at St. Pat's. Is he? He's where? He's at Mount Mount Angel. No, he's at St. Pat's. Oh, he's St. Patrick's in Menlo Park. Yeah, yeah Menlo Park. Yeah, the uh, we just uh, a couple of weeks ago had the the annual vacations dinner and uh, got to meet. Well, I I hadn't met most of them before, and most of them on the radio. But uh, got to meet all of them, and it was just a, a joy to to see them and uh, to know the church is in such great hands. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and 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 of course our ordination, and uh, it was just it's just wonderful. Yeah, of course. And and then the the uh, pre-seminary and basketball game. Uh, yeah, I missed that. I don't even know the score. I did get a picture from it because it was like fifty-six to forty-three or something like oh, that. Oh, at least it wasn't like a it was a wasn't like a horrible loss for the seminarians lost, I'm assuming. Well, they they actually they mix the teams now. Oh. They used to it used to be priests versus seminarians. And um and I think they started recruiting seminarians that could play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had scouts from the Kings helping them out, you know. I mean, and, as they should. Yeah. Really. They and, need to And uh so they now, now they now they mix it and um but there were some there were some good basketball players out there, and of course, Christian Brothers. It's just sold out. It's just packed, and yeah. every, everybody's having a great time. And but some pretty good basketball. It's all, I've always enjoyed that game. I've always enjoyed going. But since they moved it to the summer, I can't really go anymore. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 interesting because if 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 the NBA draft had not already occurred. Um, uh, two or three of those guys would have been drafted, and then they would have had a real tough choice, you know, I mean, uh, the, the priesthood or okay. basketball, or do both, you know. Well, you could do the, you know, the priest chaplain for the kings or whatever. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, I know. We used to have, we had a speaker that used to come out a few times, Father Tony Ricard mm-hmm. from New Orleans, right, and he right. is the chaplain for the saints. Yes, I've interviewed him. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, most most. Uh, pro football teams have have a chaplain. Yeah, uh, I think a little bit less common in, with basketball, other right. than Sister Jean at Loyola of Chicago. <laughs> um, 
she's almost a mascot with them. She, she's yeah, she's kind of between a chaplain and a mascot. I think that's For sure. true. That's true. <laughs> I, I what are they to start calling them the flying nuns or something? You know? <laughs> But uh, she, I mean, she became a national celebrity oh, or just sure, almost yeah. overnight. And As she said. Yeah. So that's, that, that was, that was fun. So what, take us through, like, like, uh, what's everybody doing today? Well, today they, they're getting back from their overnight. Um, so they got to sleep out under the stars last night at one of the campsites. Um, and they take their, they do capers, which is when they kind of clean up from the overnight and take showers, and then they'll have Bob time, which is their, not named after you, but close. Um, it's bottoms on bunks, so we just ask them to, to just have a little rest hour. It's such an important part of the day. Um, and then this afternoon, they'll have two choices of activities where they get to pick. Um, one of those two rounds will include mass. Um, daily mass is optional for our campers. You have daily mass. Yeah, as long as we have a chaplain, um, wow. we have da- we're able to offer daily mass. But since we know that not all of our, our campers are daily communicants, um, and we we just we make it optional. So they Is get this the first year you've been able to have daily mass? Um, we were last year as well, mm-hmm. the weeks we had chaplains. But yeah, it all just depends on that, of course, because I can't I can't say mass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. They'll do activities. I think we've got tie-dye today, maybe slime, um, I think capture the flag, stuff like that, um, and pond time, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, they'll do cabin choice time. So that's there's like an hour where the cabins, if there's an activity they didn't get to do or they're not going to get to do or they want to do again, um, they'll, the cabins can choose what to do then. Um, and then, well, tonight is... Um, we're going to have um, adoration and then a move followed oh, by a movie night. Oh, I was just going to ask if you have adoration. Yeah, so tonight we have adoration followed by a movie night um, and then up to bed because last night was probably a later night for the campers than there's some of them are used to or they're not all used to sleeping out under the stars. So, um, yeah, tonight's usually an earlier earlier night for them. And then uh, tomorrow we start it all over again. <laughs> so where do you have, do you have mass in the chapel? We do, um, unless it's too hot or there's too many campers. Right uh-huh. now we've got kind of a good number that we can go in the chapel. Um, and uh, so we'll do ma- we did mass in the chapel, and then we do mass, um, we do adoration in the chapel as well. As well. Very good. The chapel kind of a, is a multi-use space, so when it's not being used for mass and things like that, so we'll do the movie night in there as well. Um, just because it's a nice, quiet, oh, that's, calming That's space. just wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the we got We use all of our spaces to the best of our yeah. <laughs> best of our ability and try to get everything in. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. If it's a good day, Wednesday is always like. It's also every camper's favorite meal. It's grilled cheese tomato soup day. Um, so they're very. Like, is that Campbell's them. tomato soup? Sure is. Yeah. Sure is. Order. I order Campbell's tomato soup. Of course. Is that, that's part Campbell's? of your family, of course. Of course not. But. Um, <laughs> Don't I wish? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we're well. It's, it's kind of a it's a it's a calmer day usually on Wednesdays, and then um, we still have you know Thursday and Thursday and Friday is is rest to the finish, and Friday is Friday is uh, the staff and I just describe it as like three days in one because um, <laughs> it's the day they go home. Um, so we're trying to we just it just keep it moving. Um, 
We do a big campfire, and parents are invited to join us for a campfire at the end of the day. So I have my choice today between uh, going to daily mass in the warm chapel or getting into a, a pond that's 38 degrees. There, yeah, and different kids will choose different things. <laughs> I'm going to say that not, not much of a choice. I'm, I'm taking mass. <laughs> yeah, I think it just it depends on the campers. So, you know, we want them to to make those choices and um, and to you know have, there we're praying at different times during the day, mm-hmm. which is which is good as well. Um, and then you know maybe they won't choose mass today, but they'll choose it tomorrow. So. Is is there a, so you have prayer, you have adoration, you have mass. Is there, but is, you don't have a religious education type program going. We do not, but we do. Don't exactly like we're not we're not doing like a vacation Bible school right, or right. whatever mm-hmm. whatever your parish might call that thing. Um, right. <laughs> um, but we do every Monday. Um, we don't have cabin choice time. Um, instead, it's a lesson that that I wrote when I was doing my um, grad program at Santa Clara, and it's a lesson about um, environmental stewardship, and it's written for the different it's grade level specific. So. There's one that's like for under fourth grade, and then one that's like fourth grade through eighth grade, or fifth grade through eighth grade, and then there's one for high schoolers, um, a lesson. And so they do that on Mondays. And the intent, the hope is that if they come back three or four years in a row, they'll get all, um, all three of the lessons hmm. on environmental stewardship. So each one kind of focuses on one part of um, the encyclical Laudato Si. Um, there's instruction in there for the camp, the counselors to give the campers, and then there's some kind of an activity um, or meditation. So, like, the littlest campers do this meditation that I found years ago and just love um, called the Red the red Ball of String Meditation. It's written for younger children, mm-hmm. and it takes them through, like, a babbling book and different, you know, like things they'll see in nature through that guided meditation, and then they end up um, getting to their heart home, which is where you find Jesus and you talk to him. Wow. Um, so yeah. what a great place to to talk about Laudato Sea. It is. It's honestly like being outside, being here, surrounded by all the trees and butterflies, and everyone keeps asking me, like, did you, like, bring in butterflies this year? Because there are an insane number, but I didn't. Um, but, like, it's just a great place for for campers to, to hear about Laudato Si, for some of them for the very first time. Sure, sure. I can only think of one place, well, I can think of a bunch. Yosemite would be a good place for <laughs> Laudato Si. Uh, the California Redwoods. Yeah. Sequoia National Park with those massive trees. Massive trees, yeah. Uh, uh, th- there's a million places. Zion, <laughs> Arches, <laughs> Yosemite. Man, uh, the, the, the Lord... The Lord I, I, has blessed the West for sure with with scenic beauty. It really is, honestly. So um, it's we're we're really blessed up here with the with you know not only where the location, um, but also just the, the the natural beauty that we are surrounded by between you know the creeks that are all around us, the natural springs that kind of bring up wherever they will yep. um, and all the beautiful trees up here yeah and you know it's it's uh, keep your fingers crossed but uh say a few prayers uh, we we haven't had the 
the smoky days and the outbursts. I mean, we've had a few fires, but nothing nothing serious so far. No, and nothing. maybe all that rain and snow made a big difference. Oh, I think it did for sure. So, I mean, we've been we've been really lucky this year just with the weather um and and all of the all of the rain that we had. Like, yeah, it it was a struggle during our training week when we needed to be outside doing some of our training. Um that we couldn't cuz it was raining, but <laughs> it did it did make for to make for everything being very lush and um, and vibrant out so here. So the the yeah, I I sometimes uh, look off toward uh, the mountains and I can see these giant cumulonimbus clouds forming. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking somebody's really getting poured on up there. But so the yeah the the that that's just wonderful that we're just it seems like all the all the rain has made a real a real difference in our our forests and um hopefully hopefully it's gonna gonna stay that way well even we're the we're close to bullard's bar up here reservoir up here mm-hmm. and the water is so it's the highest i've ever seen it yeah and i mean granted i've only started i only started working here in 2016 but it's the highest i've seen it since then yeah i and saw it's crazy i i, I heard i i, I I, I almost don't want to say it because I get it wrong, but I think it was Oroville Dam or one of them, or Shasta maybe, or the, you know, the really big ones, where it was like in one one day it had gone up 50 feet or something. You know, it was just mind-boggling yeah. when, it, when it was really pouring rain and, and the stuff, you know, was just coming down. And then, of course, the, the snow melt, and uh, it just, it's been been pretty pretty phenomenal how, how we've gone from drought to to this yeah it's been it's been lovely um and just really unexpected so it's it's great to have this kind of weather where it's cooler and i mean it's going to be rough this this next couple weeks where it's supposed to get really warm but i don't know i think we've been (laughs) we've been spoiled a little bit so it's okay yeah well you still get the cool nights though yeah yeah hopefully (laughs) so what's what's the elevation there you ask me this every time, and I never remember. But I'm since I'm sitting here, I can open an app on my phone because there is an app for that, and it'll tell me. Just tell you what the elevation is where you are. Yeah. Wow, that's three thousand feet. Three thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep, it says Camptonville, California, three thousand foot elevation. Wow. Well, there you go. So there well, it that, is. That's just about the perfect elevation, I think. <laughs> You know, you don't get too gassed when you're when you're walking. You yeah, know? and and it's you you you're definitely going to get cool. I mean, the the rule of thumb they say, uh, barring storms, but on a clear day they say the rule of thumb is three degrees per a thousand feet, which means you'd be nine degrees cooler than say Sacramento or Yuba City or Marysville or Chico, um, just because you're three thousand feet higher. Yeah, that's that's, and I've I've actually done that riding into the Sierras, and it's it it's usually pretty true. Yeah, no, I think it is. I mean, we're we're usually much cooler than um than down in the valley for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what's the bi- what's the biggest challenge on a day by ba- day basis? Oh goodness, um, I think probably for I mean it's different for for me than for some of the staff and for the campers, right? Um, but I think part of the biggest challenge is just making sure that I'm able to, you know, to get around and, like, see 
the different activities that the campers are doing and getting enough pictures that parents, you know, feel like they're seeing their camper. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, some of it is also just like, you know, this summer especially and, and maybe even a little last summer just because people hadn't been away from their families at all for like two years, right? Right. Um, it's just homesickness has been, has been a challenge. Um, not, I mean, I don't know if it's even more difficult than before, but it's different. Um, so that's been a little challenging, like how we can, what we, how we can best serve these campers. Um, and then just making sure that there's, that the staff are also getting what they need. Um, it's just a constant balancing act. And, um, you know, personally, I try to err on the side of, making sure the campers have all that they need over um, over us as adults. Um, I think we can advocate for ourselves a little better than sometimes campers can, so mm -hmm. it's important that we're, you know, balancing all of that and making sure that the, the campers are having a good experience so they want to come back and then maybe one day be staff, right? So do you, do you take pictures and send them back to the parents? Um, I take photos and we post them to, like, Instagram and uh -huh. Facebook. Um, throughout the week, and then we take a bunch of pictures, um, more than we post, right? And those all get posted to a, um, a website, and then that's shared with the parents so they can see pictures of their campers. Uh, while it's going on? Um, sometimes while it's going on, sometimes we wait till it's all done. Uh-huh. Just so, because the, um, the internet up here can be uh, slow. <laughs> right. So trying to download all of the, download and upload is, is sometimes a little struggling. Yeah. But... You know, we try to get as many photos as we can, and and try to get at least try to get a, at least one picture of every camper. There are always those elusive campers that I some campers I pull out my phone to t or my camera to take a picture, either one, and they're like posing right, you know, right in front of you. And then there's other campers that are hiding. Yeah, yeah. And it's the hiding campers, parents that always want to see more pictures. I'm like, sure. I'd love to send you some, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, your child does not cooperate. So. I know, I mean, COVID, you, you guys had to cancel and et cetera. Um, did, did that end some camper? I mean, you know how the, you, you keep track of all the camp stuff around the country. Did, did some camps just go end up going out of business? Yes. Yes, they did. Yeah, just couldn't recover from it. Um, some just chose to just close. Um, I know one diocese just closed their camp, and it was a beautiful camp I had visited, like, the fall before, or the winter before, so it was quite shocking that they had to close. But yeah, they, some camps just decided they couldn't reopen. Um, you know, a lot of us. This is our second summer back. Some some place in the country, it's their third summer back. Um, so we're all trying, uh, but it's just you know, campers are different now, parents are different now, and so it's just kind of getting that new normal in place and figuring out how to best serve everyone. Are there any COVID protocols still in place? No, not particularly, no. I mean, we we, ha we ask that families, you know, on their health history disclose if they've, you know, done COVID vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And um, when we do the health screening, we, you know, make sure that nobody has got a cold or anything or has any symptoms. And, of course, if someone does have COVID, we ask them not to come to camp. Right. Um, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um but most of those have lifted after um, that um, across the country. So, um, like last year, we were t getting a, collecting a COVID test result from every camper. We did not do that this year. Mm -hmm. um, we do have COVID tests on site in case we need to, to do that. But 
Um, no, it's it's really all lifted. It's we're back to kind of our normal, like what we had done before with health screenings. Right. Um, you know, mostly really we're double checking if they have meds and anything that they might, any colds or anything, just letting us know. Um, and then of course um, we also check for lice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which makes my head itch all day Sunday. Just thinking, just thinking about, about it, right? It. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I I remember when. <laughs> and it's it's always funny because some parents are like, what? And, and then we tell them, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's such a good idea. And I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, I know. I remember when our kids were, were little, oh, it was just like, it, it just, the, it was like the whole school. You know, yeah. it's just, it, one, I don't know, one kid gets it, and the whole school's got it. And it's like. And there's also just, like, such a, like, misnomer about, like, head lice. And, yes, there and is. And people just, it has a stigma, and it's not, like. Yeah, it does. It, it it's weird. It has such a stigma, and it's so funny to me, because, like, it actually stick lice are more more likely to stick to clean hair than dirty hair. So. Yeah, yeah, it's like, and I mean, it, and it's just so easy to transmit, and et cetera. Yeah. And, but you're right, there's this stigma, and you, you don't want to say, oh, my kid's got head lice, you know, but it's like. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, for me, it's no judgment. I just don't want it in camp. Yeah. You know. Yep. <laughs> I just I just don't want it. So you know that's why we we do all these we have all these kind of things in place and um and then we have a health center we have um a health center person who if they need medication or if anyone needs anything during the week um, that they're here and we have all we take care of campers the best we can just like if they were at home. So it's pretty rare you actually would have to where a camper gets sick enough you'd actually just have to send them home. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. I mean, if a camper is, is I mean, we'll we may ask a parent, like we may call a parent just to be like, so here's what's going on. Uh huh. Um, I mean, we would generally do that, but no, it's. I mean, they'd have to be, they'd have to have a fever for over 24 hours for us to be like, yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we've all we've all put it in the rearview mirror, and then you know the next thing you know, your next door neighbor says, "Guess what? I got COVID." You know, it's like, yeah, and really, how did that happen? You know, it's like we think it's all gone, and it's still lingering. No, I think it's still lingering. I just don't think it has the same the it's lessened. You know, um, yeah, 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 it's lessened, and it, you, you you almost it's like. Well, it's kind of a pain that you've got it, but we're not worried. You know, I mean, before right. it was like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Am I going to be in the hospital? Right. And just, you know, between Paxlovid and, and just understanding the disease and and the treatments for it and who's at really at risk if they get it and who's just, just going to be kind of like having a cold for a few days. Exactly. Uh, it's way different than the early days where they, they didn't know what they were dealing with. Right. We didn't know. People didn't know what they were dealing with, and and people got really, really sick. So it's 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 different right now, and that's that's probably a good thing. Um, and so I think you know we're not hyper, we're not you know ignoring the fact that it exists, and we're still you know talking about it a little bit. Um, but we're not you know we don't have to do all the same protocols that we did before. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So. In terms of campership, uh, are, are, where are the numbers compared to pre-COVID? Um, we're honestly this year we're about the same as we were pre-COVID. Oh, that's um, great. We're we're low we're lower than we were last year, which is kind of sad. Um, and I'm not I don't know the reasons why, but hopefully we'll be able to figure it out before next summer. Um, mm-hmm. We did end up having to cancel the the last week of camp. We just didn't have enough campers. Mm-hmm. Um, for Christmas and July week, but um, 
Yeah, we're we're about the same. Um, we had two weeks that were pretty full and two weeks that were pretty or pretty low, and um, and then you know, youth on a mission last year it didn't happen, and this year we had 30 kids, so um, I think all that's doing pretty well. So is that the first time you've had youth at a mission there? Um, yeah, it is. Last year was supposed to be, but we we ended up moving it up here this year, mm-hmm. and it's a great collaboration um, simply because. It gives my staff kind of a, a week where they're they're at they're you know in cabins, um, they're doing activities, but they also they're not in charge of everything with the camp with the right. with the team, um, and the the team the team from Youth on a Mission is able to like do kind of some of the heavy lifting, and then we're there to support. And it it was my staff have all commented like how great it was to be able to like lead some activities, just prep the food, but not like feel fully responsible for the teens, right? Uh, the on a mission is just teens? It's just teens. It's high school teens, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's such good things about it. Yeah, it's a great program. Is it like a leadership program? It's a leadership program. Um, we A group of us started it back in 2015. That was the first summer we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had, when I moved up to camp um, for 2017, I had to pass it off to somebody else. But it's one of my, it's one of my favorite things that we that I did in collaboration with the other NorCal directors, which most of them have like moved on to different different things now. But it was such a great um, such a great program with the heart of servant leadership at the core of what we were doing and teaching them and teaching them how to be disciples and how to advocate for themselves in their parishes and and understand what it means to be a disciple. Um, and for high school teens to like be able to like know what to do with like help if they're going to help with, like, the middle school youth night, mm-hmm. um, those kind of those kind of things, how to plan a youth night, how to, like, how to lead prayer, those kind of conversations. And this was multiple dioceses? Um, yeah, this year um, we we ended up having moves mostly from our diocese and then a few people from, a, well, actually a pretty good group from um, the Monterey Diocese from Hollister. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, from people from all over and the North State, we had three people come down from Anderson, Redding area. Red Bluff area. Great. Yeah, it was good. We, we, uh, I was uh, commenting the other day for, uh, at, after the vocations dinner and, and the basketball game that uh, the North State's really producing some vocations. Yeah, they are. They yeah, are. We had a kid from, I think, Shingletown and either Corning or Willows. And, you know, it's like, whoa. Yeah, Alex um, Alejandro, I think he's he was here last summer. I think he's from Corning. Don't quote me, but yeah. <laughs> I think that's where he's from. So, yeah, no, we've got some good vocations coming out of the northern part of our diocese for sure. Well, that's great. And and uh, you managed to get all the counselors you needed? Um, about the skin of my teeth, but, yeah, we're, we're doing okay. We'd be a little more comfortable if we had like three or four more guys. I mean, so. do, you still, I mean do you still need a counselor for certain weeks? No, I mean we're pretty much done, so it's kind yeah. of too late now. But yeah, for next summer we're we're trying to figure out ways that we can recruit from different places and get more male staff. Um, it's just always a struggle, right? Well, you know, you're not the only employer that has that problem. No, I'm not. It's amazing. I I don't know. You know, it's like between inflation and <laughs> I'm thinking like. 
I'm not going to not show up for work. <laughs> it's like it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's really surprising to me how many and just young people that just either don't need a job or just don't want one. So yeah, and 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 yet you go to a restaurant and it's packed. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, but you talk to the restaurant owner and they say I can't get enough staff. Yeah, they can't. I see restaurants that are open three days a week or something is simply because they can't get enough staff. For sure. That's it's, it's, it's definitely, definitely a thing here. Um, so, you know, we'll just figure it out for next year. And the staff I have are, are really dedicated to the campers. So um, that's really, really good. And then they their work as a, as a pretty cohesive team. So that's also great. What's, what's the longest you've had a, the same counselor? Um, well, I'm, she's not here this summer, but um, we had Catella, who was here for, I don't know, 28, probably 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, for like five years, wow. five summers. Wow. All yeah. through college? Yeah, she did all through college, though, from the year she graduated. And, and then even in the COVID year, she helped with the, like, online version that we did. And right. then the day camps, she was, she was program directing the day camps. So before you get back to the camp, um, are, are you going to be involved in uh, virtual World Youth Day? Um, I am not, other than I am handing over the keys to Trinity Pines to Mr. Steve Doe. Okay. And that will be at, at Trinity Pines? That will be at Trinity Pines, yeah. But that one's for young adults. Um, so I do know it's you know 18 to 39. Right. Yep. Very good. Well... Jennifer, always a joy to talk to you. Thanks you too, Bob. Thanks for all the great work you're doing up there. Uh, God bless all, all, all your staff and all the kids and their parents. Thank and uh, you. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Hey, thanks so much. Take care. That's uh, uh, Jennifer Campbell, the director of Camp Pandola. And just uh, <laughs> she's, a, she's a legend up there. Uh, Camptonville, if you want to look up where they are, Camptonville at 3,000 feet elevation in the Sierra Nevada. We'll take a quick break back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the, the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, 
individual spiritual direction and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720 or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. Hello, this is Moises de Leon from the Office of Family and Respect Life. You're listening to Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunnan. Thank you, Moises, for all you do here and for that wonderful introduction. Appreciate uh, all of the great work you do. Uh, we're pleased uh, to uh, welcome in Marie Leatherby, the Executive Director of the Sacramento Life Center. Marie, good day to you. Good day, Bob. How are you? I'm great. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, and I'm just glad. Yes, I'm very glad. Life is great. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just rejoicing. <laughs> as oh, as my sweetheart told me this morning, she said, hey, Football season's right around the corner, and I said, I know, I know. I love that time of year. <laughs> I know. Yeah, football's right around the corner. Your favorite. My favorite, and, and probably yours. Um, yeah, I do love the good game of football. We know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, how are things at the Life Center? Uh, really, really good. Everything's going great. Um, we're trying to make it through this. You know, all summer slump, we call it. All nonprofits, people are so busy having a good time in the summer, they forget to give to nonprofits. So mm-hmm. we, but we, we make it through, but we're always, um, you know, it's when funds start getting lower. And we're, like, getting geared up for our big dinner in November to catch up. But we appreciate anybody that remembers us in the summertime. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, you know, you go through the big day of giving and all these things, and then it's like, yeah, yeah oh, summer, uh, I didn't know anything existed in the summer other than vacation, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really odd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah which because, is wonderful for people, but, um, but it's when we gear up and we get really busy, I don't know why, but with patients and women coming in pregnant, and so, yeah. So you're, bu- you're busier in the summer? Yes, and I don't Interest- know why that is. Inter- yeah, interesting. Yeah, we're busy, but um, yeah, we our our numbers always go up a little bit. I don't know why that is, but they do. We could have some uh, social scientists study it, and they would come up with a theory. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's see. What else do we have going on here? We just I. I'm not sure if I share with you, Bishop Soto blessed our mobile clinic. Yes, and yeah. I that's remember, yes. getting ready to go out soon. We've been training our new patient advocates on driving it. And well, I uh, think you told me that to you go. were going to drive it. Yeah, I have been driving it. So <laughs> I'm training them on all of the bells and whistles on it. It's a yeah. fancy machine. It's is it, really yeah. Now, is it, is it brand new or is it reconditioned or... Uh, how does brand it, new. You talk about yeah. you, you went to a place down in Arizona, right? Yeah. Uh, where they, where they, they build these things. They build them custom to what you do and what you need. So 
we spent a lot of time designing it perfectly for wow. you know our needs, and they did a really great job. So you start with a basic shell or chassis or whatever you would call it, and yeah. then they say, "Here's here here are your choices of that," and then and then from there. It's kind of like we have five model homes here, and and you pick that one, and now we'll let you customize it. Yeah, you can pick which size. Uh, we got kind of a smaller mid size because uh, we want to be able to have women feel comfortable driving it. You know, they don't like the great big ones, mm-hmm. and uh, we needed a little counseling area. We needed, you know, two desks, one have two people on it with two computers um we have an ultrasound room with a screen in there where the moms can see the baby up on the tv screen it has a bathroom um and it, it runs by solar uh electric and a generator so it has three wow. sources of um yeah and it's it's it, we went in there when it was 100 degrees out and it's so well insulated and cool in there but um yeah it's it's really state-of-the-art well Pope Francis will be happy to hear that you have solar yes I know yeah and so far it's kept the battery charged we haven't even had to run the generator so that's kind of exciting wow boy that's yeah that is great it it really is you know we, we we knew all. We thought we knew all the reasons God put sun there, but uh, <laughs> we we came know. up with another one. That's wonderful. Yeah. So that's great. Um, we started a new program this summer. You know, we're always thinking, what can we do more for our patients? Mm-hmm. These women, a lot of them have been through trauma. Um, you know, abuse. You know, we had women that have walked all the way from South America through Mexico, and we've got now a licensed therapist for those that have really some deep-seated wounds and trauma and PTSD. And so we started that about three months ago for some of our patients that, you know, were really struggling, and it's really bearing fruit. And uh, if we don't fill them, she will meet with our uh, staff who have to deal with help, you know, um, dealing with people that have trauma and terrible stories. And so we're really excited about that new program here. Boy, that's, yeah, you know, you, you, know, you think uh, it's just uh, you, you just do one thing, but you, you're seeing people at a stage in their life who have stories to tell and and problems based on a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them have been through such trauma, they think they won't be a good mother. Mm-hmm. How would I ever have a child? Right. Um, you know, so we're trying to overcome every everything that a woman might feel that she can't be a really good mom. You know, that she can't do it. And so that's a new thing we've added. You know, last year we added the scholarship program, benevolent program to help with right. finances and schooling. And we've had so many great scholarship awardees. It's so exciting. I can't believe how happy they are 
achieving a degree or going through a program and making it, it's it's quite moving, quite Explain explain yeah, how that works and, and how that got set up. I, it's such a heartwarming story. Yeah. Well, again, you know, it takes funding. And when we get some funding, we're like, okay, how can we best use this? And for our 50th year, I'd always had it in my hopes and dreams that we could do a scholarship program because we've got women in here that feel like, you know, I'm not done with school or I, I need to have, you know, a career before I have the baby and things like that. So I said I really wanted to start one, and we had two families step up to help fund the program, the Copases and the Andersons, and mm-hmm. so we named it after Connie Copas and Pam Anderson. And um, so, yeah, so we're right now taking applications for next fall for programs, but we had moms that... Um, needed English class. You know, it can be anything, really, to mm-hmm. better their lives. <laughs> it can be computer classes. We've helped three moms graduate from medical assistant school. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> one nursing school. Um, one just getting her GED, you know, helping mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. get that. So just helping them move ahead. So not a lot of red tape, like you have to be taking 12 <laughs> units and you have to be in this kind of a program. No. Or that's wonderful. No, it, we're making it really easy and supplementing and, you know, um, not only helping with tuition, but maybe child care or gas mm-hmm. or those things. So, um, and I can't tell you how grateful they are. That's the great part. And how grateful the kids are. One little girl said, this only happens on TV. (laughs) Nothing good has happened to them like this. It was really exciting. That's that's so wonderful. Yeah. Boy, talk about making a difference. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Make a big difference. uh, Sometimes it doesn't take a lot of money, you know. I mean, you, you, you... a lot of people are sort of teetering on that tipping point, you know, and and a little bit of help goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 phenomenal. So, how many how many people have you been able to help with scholarships? Um, I think it's six or seven. I think, and mm-hmm. we're taking. We just started it last year, right? And we're taking applications now. We have. We have funding. Anybody knows of, um, you know, our, our first choice are moms who have come through the Life Center, mm-hmm. you know, and chose life under hard circumstances. But we've helped some other moms who, um, you know, have young children or are pregnant or so um, connected, you know, to Bishop Diego's or those places as well. So... Yeah, so we've helped several, and it's been very, very exciting. Boy, that's great. And is uh, do you take donations for that program so that you can expand it? Yes. People can give um, specific to that program mm-hmm. if they feel. And it's a great program and a worthy program. And, um, in fact, we have somebody from Bishop Gallegos who came here pregnant, went to Bishop Gallegos, and now she works there. But she wants to go back to school. And we 
an application. You are a patient. Um, you're bettering your life. I think she got off of um, substance abuse, and those are the people we want to help. They mm-hmm. want to be better moms, provide for their kids, um, you know, under really tough circumstances, they chose life and they're struggling, and we want to be there for them. Yep. So, very, very nice. Um, yeah, we had somebody go through medical system. Now she has a job in a care home. I mean, they're getting hired out. And um, we also work hand in hand with a place called Women's Empowerment. Uh-huh. Who, with our scholarship, their job training, um, you know, and it has to be women who are suffering some kind of homelessness or couch serving. They don't have permanent housing. And so we're working hand in hand with them to help these moms get ahead as well and be great moms. And of course, they love, you know, love being a mom. I think there was just a study done I was reading this morning. I mean, they're saying that 60%, and it could be higher, of women who had abortions did not want one. Mm-hmm. They just felt that, you know, um, they had no other option at the time. And I think that's so. a figure that, that nobody would, you know, if they're being really honest, nobody would dispute that. Right. Because every... every uh, my little knowledge that I have and, and people I've talked to and just paying attention to things, uh, that seems to be the number one reason. I, I just didn't feel like I had a choice. I was all alone or I, I you know, yeah. I, I didn't have any money or whatever it is. Um, I didn't, yeah. mostly didn't have any support from anybody uh, and not just financial support, but emotional support, uh, you know, just, you know, my, my, my parents were going to kick me out of the house or if, if the person right. was young or uh, my, my boyfriend yeah. or husband insisted on, you know, you're, all, you're on your own, that kind of thing. Uh, right. And I can, I can see, I mean, having a, having a child is, is, is part of nature. And, I mean, whether, whether you're a man or a woman, um, but mostly a woman, uh, I mean, because she's the one carrying the child. Um, I mean, your nature is to want to protect and nurture that child. I mean, it's uh, God, God, you can, if you don't believe in God, Mother Nature had to put that in you because otherwise no species would, would survive if, 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 if the uh, parents didn't know how to take care of the offspring and want to take care of the offspring. So when you hear that 60% didn't want it, that's, that's not a surprising, didn't want the abortion, yeah. that's not a surprising figure at all. Yeah, so that's what we want to be there for now. Those women, you know, um, and give them hope. And that's what we do. We do it very well. And uh, thanks to, you know, we have such a great donor base and the churches and um, just, so many people that give to us because that's what we rely on 100% is giving. We couldn't do any of it without just, you know, generous people wanting to help. Is is it really, uh, in terms of your donor base, uh, is it really an ecumenical movement? It, it is. It's very ecumenical. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Um, yes. In fact, 
um, we had to find a new videographer this year and um, to do a video for our gala. Mm-hmm. And he brought his team in, and um, one of them said, I want to be honest. I'm pro-choice. Before I do this, I want to see what you guys actually do. So mm-hmm. we gave him a, a tour and showed him what we did, and he said, this is something I can get behind. So, yeah, so we, we really do, um, you know, we have all different faiths. Um, we've had different faiths work here and no, there's no required faith to work at the life center you just have to believe in our mission um and same with anyone that comes through our door um is welcome anyone and we don't proselytize or try to we just try to meet them where they're at and love them where they're at and um yeah so it's you know no judgment we don't care about any decisions you've made or passed, we um, just want to meet you and help you and help you through this pregnancy. Wow. You know know what I would say to the pro-choice videographer? Um, I'd say, well, we're providing choice. Yeah, exactly. We're providing choice. I think you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. We're providing real choices. Yeah. And all free. Yeah, the all all free is really... uh, I, I, that's the, uh, I guess it's the Trump card I do, part. And I'll leave that name out. Uh, well, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's the, yeah. it's the ace of spades or something. You know, it's it's uh, the nail in the coffin, but it, it's not that either. You know, I can't think of the of the proper <laughs> expression. But it's 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 the coup de gras. It's like, oh, you're not you're not making a profit. You're not charging people you're not yeah, no it's completely free you know it's like yeah. I, I don't know how anyone can say there's something the matter with that right i know it's so beautiful isn't it yeah all free there's nowhere else it's free not even you know kind of everybody's a sliding scale and you have to fill out all kinds of paperwork and you know, here you just come and get help. It's yeah, it doesn't matter. Really you could beautiful. be a, a billionaire. You could be uh, yeah. as poor as can be, or you could be a billionaire. There, there's you don't. There's no questions asked. You, you just you, here's here's what we're offering. Yep. Yeah. And one thing everybody says is just how loved they felt. Yep. Um, you know, accepted, not judged, treated with dignity, just the kindness that we show. Well, but and you, you don't get that a lot of places. You'll even see people after they've had an abortion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we do see them and um, help them through whatever, you know, emotional, uh, spiritual healing they might need, you know. Sometimes they just need to talk to us once. Sometimes they need to come back and put through a program. So whatever people are there, we're, we're you know, we just try to meet them and their needs. Um, Very good. Well, Marie, uh, we're we're against the clock here as usual. Yes. But uh, yes. give the date of the of the gala. I know if if football season's near, the gala you're already planning it. Yes, November 11th, which is uh, Veterans Day. Season? Yes, yeah. um, yes, at the Hyatt Regency, five o'clock. Last year we sold out, 
so we're hoping to do that again. But everybody, once we, I think you can already go on our website and start purchasing tickets, even though it's early, um, at sacklife.org and take a look at it. But um, we're very excited for that this year. Um, it's always a great event, very uplifting, and, and we look forward to seeing everyone there. Great. Well, Marie, God bless you and, and your staff there and all the, all the pe- people you see and help. And we'll look forward to our paths crossing again soon. All righty. God bless. God bless. Thanks so much, Marie. That's Marie Leatherby, Executive Director of the Sacramento Life Center, one of the great Sacramentans that uh, we're just lucky to have around. Uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in health care, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of America Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. Zero zero, and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. Mm-hmm.